This program is part of the Cosmic Potato Podcast Network. For more shows like this, visit our website at cosmicpotato.com. Hello, this is Will Wheaton. Yes, that Will Wheaton. No, no, the other the other Will Wheaton. You are the worst. You're listening to the Cosmic Potato. We interrupt this program to annoy you and make things generally irritating. <laughs> Hey everybody and welcome to Cosmic Potato, the super fan talk podcast. My name is Sean Ray and sitting across the virtual table from me is John Irons. How are you, John? I am well, sir. And Rick is here with us as well. How are you, Rick? I am sir well. I mean well, sir. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, this week we're going to be talking about uh, TV shows that we feel like they started out really strong, but by the end of their run they lost steam and they started to unravel or it could be a show that uh, that wasn't that wasn't a good show, but really ended well. Either way you want to go. But before we do that, I thought we'd play a game, Woo-hoo. and we're going to play the Rotten Tomatoes game. And there is a theme for this uh, version of the game. I just realized I didn't bring anything to write with. John, can you keep score? Um, Wait a minute. No, I've got accurately. Something. Here we go. Or- I, I've got it. I've got it. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> I just forgot. I, I forgot. To well, get what it. do you know? John won again. Wow. <laughs> I just forgot to get out pencil and paper. Okay, so uh, the Rotten Tomatoes game, and what we're going to do is uh, these are all actors or filmmakers of some sort that have a birthday in December. All right. Okay, so the first one is Lucy Liu, whose birthday is on December 2nd, and the movie that I picked is Play It to the Bone, 1999, starring Woody Harrelson, Antonia Banderas, Lucy Liu, Lolita Davidovich, and directed by Ron Shelton. So what do you guys think the Rotten Tomatoes score was for that movie? John? I only vaguely remember that this film exists. Can you give me a plot summary? Antonia Banderas and Woody Harrelson are boxers, and they're like, but they're also best friends, and and they're going to. I think they're going to Las Vegas, and they're going to fight each other. But they have to. But they have to drop. They have to travel together, and they pick up Lucy Liu along the way. She's like a hitchhiker. That sounds like shit. I'm going to say thirty six. <laughs> You're going to say what? Thirty six. Thirty six. All right. <laughs> Rick, what do you think? <laughs> oh. Yeah, that does sound like a, a steaming pile of celluloid. Um, uh, I'll, I'll, I'll say 34. Wow. All right. <laughs> Rick was actually closer. It was 11%. Yeah. Oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes you just know. Yeah. <laughs> that is too bad because I liked all those actors. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I, I remember renting this movie and not watching the whole thing. <laughs> I think I watched the first half of it and turned it off. But uh, Okay, number two, 
actress's name is Marissa Tomei. She was okay. born on December 4th. And um, the movie that I picked is My Cousin Vinny from 1992, starring Marissa Tomei, Joe Pesci, and Ralph Macchio, directed by Jonathan Lynn. Rick? Did you say Utes? <laughs> what um, is a Ute? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, this movie is a justified classic, even though I haven't seen it all the way through. I'm, uh, what? Just be- <laughs> it's not really my type of film. I've seen bits and pieces of it because it was playing uh, when I was, uh, you know, a young adult slash teenager. It was pretty much on Showtime or Cinemax or whatever my folks had all the time. <laughs> so yeah. I've seen certain scenes of it like a thousand times. Um, Marissa Tomei is awesome. I love Aunt May. Um I'm going to say 97. Oh. Okay. John? Put me in a corner here. Uh, <laughs> I don't disagree. Um, classic for a reason, as you said. Uh, I think she actually won an Academy Award for this. She, she did, indeed. Yeah. And I always felt that uh, Fred Gwynn should have been nominated as well for uh, Play the Judge. Um. I'm gonna, uh, you know what, ninety nine percent. No, you should have gone the other way. Is eighty five percent? well played, sir. Still a good score, but not quite yeah. as high. But okay, uh, number three, having a birthday on December eighth, Kim. Bassinger or Basinger, whichever one you want to say. And <laughs> the the film is Never Say Never Again from 1983, starring Sean Connery and Kim Basinger Bassinger, directed by Irving Kirshner. John? Um, Sean Connery? Yeah, this was the Bond movie that Connery made after he stopped being Bond and then came back. Yeah. Basically Thunderball remake. Yeah. Yeah. It's ironic that it's never say never again. Right. Since. All right. <laughs> I'm never playing this role. Um <laughs> Yeah. Let's split it down the middle. I'm gonna give it a sixty two. All right. Actually you know what I'm nah, sixty two. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Rick. This this is a toughie. I you know heretical as it may be to say i actually enjoyed this film uh up until fairly recently when i found out that connery is a, a, <laughs> a douchebag a, yeah. abusive right a-hole uh oh man i know that there's a backlash against it because it's non-canon bond and and a lot of people were pissed but then also a lot of people were like hey it's connery he's bond and oh man what, what did you say john 62. 62. Mm. I chose it because it's it's a passing score, but it's still bad. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm i going to... See, it doesn't feel so good, does it? <laughs> I'm going to say 75. All right. John gets the point. It was 63. Oh, wow. nicely done. <laughs> All right, number four, having a birthday on December 9th, Mr. John Malkovich. And Malkovich. The, Malkovich. the movie is Ripley's Game from 2002, starring John Malkovich and Lena Headey and directed by Liliana Cavani. What do you think, John? 
Ripley's. That's vaguely. Can I get a plot, please? Uh, not without me pulling one up. But (laughs) (laughs) basically, this basically this movie's been made about fourteen times. It's uh, the talented Mr. Ripley with Matt Damon was based on the same book. Uh, Let me see, Ripley's Game. Oh, that's fine. That's fine. Then I never saw this. I never saw this. Um, yeah, total shot in the dark. Who's in it? John Malkovich and Lena Headey. Lena Headey. Or Heedy. Heady Heedy. Okay, so at that point she would have been... This is before... This was in... Two, uh, what, what year? That was? 2002. 2002. So it was before even uh, Terminator. Terminator, yeah. yeah. Um, so here's what I'm thinking. I really can't say anything about this film, which means that it could not have made that big of a splash. He's the only big name star in it. Um, so even the, so, it, so it's only shot at that point means it's it's got some decred. But again, I don't remember anything about it, so I'm thinking it did not fulfill its indie cred potential. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna go low with it. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it hit the bottom, but it bounced up because Malkovich is in it, and they feel bad about giving him too low a score, thirty two. Okay, Rick, what do you think? Which is yeah. zero in Fahrenheit. <laughs> <Yeah, that's- laughs> That's the reasoning I was going to use. I've never heard of it, therefore it must suck. Uh, <laughs> yep. Um, eh, but Malkovich always does a fine job, and so does Lena Headey, so uh, I'm going to say 48. Oh, man. 96%. Oh! Wow! <laughs> now, remember, these are critic scores. The audience score was 67, but the critic score was 96. Hmm. Oh wait, does that mean I win it? Uh, you said thirty-two, so no. <laughs> I, guess, I guess the point would go to Rick because he was technically closer. All right, All right. Uh, number five, having a birthday on December twelfth, Bill Nighy. The movie that I picked is Shaun of the Dead from two thousand four, starring Simon Pegg and Nick Frost, and directed by Edgar Wright. Rick, love that movie. Um, and again, considered a classic, uh, and again, rightfully so. So was its follow up, and not the third one. Um, <laughs> I thought the third was okay. It wasn't as good, but it was, it was, it was still it, enjoyable. You, you know what it felt like to me was Simon Pegg standing in front of a full length mirror, wanking for two hours. <laughs> oh <my. laughs> I don't want to um, see that movie. <laughs> no. <laughs> You know, the, the, it was funny because the the plot device of it was all a dream always pisses me off. But I was like, this movie had better have been a dream. Otherwise, it's, and it wasn't. And it wasn't. <laughs> um, okay, Hot Fuzz. I know audiences loved it. I don't know what the critics thought of it, though. Um, no, not Hot Fuzz. Shaun of the Dead. Oh, Shaun of the Dead. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, same thing, though. I, I know the audiences loved it. Um, critics may have considered Simon Pegg, Simon Pegg too lowbrow, and and uh, oh, I'm gonna say eighty 
nine. All right. Wow. All right, John. I was going to say eighty-eight. Eighty-eight. Uh, I was going to say oh. 88. <laughs> eighty-nine. So now I guess I'm going to say ninety. Uh, and uh, John would get the point because it's ninety-two. Don't. And sure. here's a and here's an interesting <laughs> here's an interesting little tidbit. Here's a little bit of what did Cliff Clavin used to say? Here's a little known fact. Um, <laughs> they were going. They were they were playing. Or Simon Pegg actually wrote a sequel to Shaun of the Dead, but it wasn't a true sequel. It was actually supposed to be like a reset uh, because you know uh, Nick Frost's character died at the end of Shaun of the Dead. Spoiler. Or um, did he? Yeah, yeah. Well, he was a zombie. <laughs> he was a zombie. So they, <laughs> so they wanted to, um, they wanted to reset it and just be about the same guys starting at the same point, but have a different story happen to them. And instead of it being zombies, it was going to be vampires, and they were going to call it "From Dust Till Sean." <laughs> so, uh, but it didn't happen. So, all right. Uh, having a birthday on December thirteenth, Jamie Fox. The film is from 2006, and it's Miami Vice, starring Colin Farrell and Jamie Foxx, and directed by Michael Mann. John? Uh, I never saw this either. Um, I'm going to trust my instinct that I shouldn't have seen it. (laughs) And I'm going to give it a... Yeah, I'm going to give it like a 51. Okay. You know what? Straight 50. Straight 50. 50. All right. Rick? This movie tanked hard. I'm going to say 45. And Rick would get the point. It was 47%. Wow. <laughs> yeah, so pretty close. All right. Uh, having a birthday on December 18th, Steven Spielberg. And the movie that I pick it I picked is The Lost World Jurassic Park from 1997, starring Jeff Goldblum and Julianne Moore. And directed by Steven Spielberg. Rick, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> oh, such a bad, bad movie. Um, so many variables. And you know, the, I, I, I'm the only one that says this. I didn't think the movie was terrible. I thought it was too long. I thought that uh, if they wanted to make a movie based on this book, they should have made a movie based on this book instead of just using the title and making a completely different book, a different did, story. Did you but read the book? I read the book because I wasn't that good either. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't as good as the, as the first one, but they took that story and just, basically they just used the title and made a completely yeah. different story. So, sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> no, that's okay. No, I you know we. Uh, Michael Crichton, when he was good, he was awesome. But when he was bad, he was terrible. Mm-hmm. And uh, and the Lost World was the first time he ever wrote a sequel because they backed a pickup truck full of money up onto his lawn and said, "Write us a sequel." And then you saw why he never wrote sequels. Cause... <laughs> well, because they started, they start, they wrote a script and started filming it before he was even finished writing the book. They yeah. just they just wanted a book to be there for them to say it's based on this book. Yeah. <laughs> And everybody forgot that they killed Ian Malcolm in the first movie and book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Lost World. Hmm. It is Spielberg. Uh, the 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 only scene in the whole movie that I thought was worthwhile was the uh, the, the dog chain hanging out of the T Rex's mouth. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say seventy four. Okay. All right, John. 
Eight. Eight? <laughs> I don't actually uh, think it's that much, but I think it's lower than 74. It is lower than 74, but it's not that low. It's 53, so it goes to Rick. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, number eight. We got three more. Uh, having a birthday on December 18th, Mr. Ray Liotta. The name of the movie is In the Name of the King, A Dungeon Siege Tale from 2007, starring Jason Statham, Lily Sobieski, and Ray Liotta, directed by Uwe Ball. The really? sign of quality. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that, it was uh, actually based on a video game. Go ahead, Rick. Yeah. I, uh, for, for a movie of this ilk, when was it? When did it come out? 2007. 2007. It's going to be down there. It's going to be way down there. I'm going to say 20. All right. John? Eight. <laughs> John's actually closer. It was four. <laughs> All right. Quickly moving on. Uh, number nine. Sissy Spacek having a birthday on Christmas Day. Uh, the movie is Carrie from 1976, starring Sissy Spacek, John Travolta, Piper Laurie, and directed by Brian De Palma. John? 94. Okay. All right, Rick? Seven. What'd you say? I'm sorry, you cut out. Seven. 97? No, just seven. <laughs> <laughs> it is 93, so John gets that point. And, okay, last one. Uh, Val Kilmer having a birthday on December 31st. The movie is Willow from 1988, starring Val Kilmer and Warwick Davis, directed by Ron Howard. I actually watched that film like a month ago. Uh, it's it's available on YouTube. Um, it I can't say it holds up. Yeah. I can say it holds up as well as you think that it would. Yeah. Okay. Um, but it was, you know, it is something that you could watch with the kids, but they left. So I just was watching it by myself. Fat bikini. Stupid fat bikini. Lots of made up racial slurs in that movie. I'll give it a. I give it a 72, 72. All right, Rick. Yeah, I think this this was more of a cult favorite than a particularly good movie. Although it was kind of the last movie Val Kilmer made that he had any real humor in. Um Oh, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang, I think. Oh, yeah, I I keep I've never seen that. It's great. Better than MacGruber. <laughs> Nobody remembers MacGruber but me. <laughs> was he that? Was, that? Yes, he was, the bad, he was the bad guy. <laughs> I never saw the film. I barely saw the skits. <laughs> real, real, real Genius is still my all-time favorite Val Kilmer movie. Yeah. Um, what did you say, 74? 72. Oh, 72. Uh, I'm going to go a little bit higher and say 80, 85. All right. Uh, John was closer. It was 50%. Oh, not cool people. <laughs> yeah. But the problem is there is a, it, it is a tie and I don't have a tiebreaker. So 
So you guys tied. <laughs> All right. Let's, let's, let me... suck. If you're not first, you're last. <laughs> All right. Let's move into our uh, main topic. So um, the general idea is to um, to talk about a TV show that we think was great, but it ended weak. Maybe the finale was weak, or maybe the last few seasons of the show were weak. Or you can talk about a show that you know didn't get on your radar until later on because it just didn't didn't ring with you or whatever. And then you, uh, when you started watching it, by the end of it, it turned into a great show. Either way, you guys want to go. So, uh, and I'll, I'll start just to get the ball running, rolling, running. Balls don't run; they roll. Okay. How how I met your mother. Uh, was one of the funniest sitcoms that has come out in my adult life. I love that show. The way the storytelling <laughs> wasn't necessarily linear. Uh, it was a, it, you know, it was a nice thing that made it stand out. And if you if you love Neil Patrick Harris, when you watch him on this show, you could tell that he was having the time of his life every single time he played he played Barney on the show, and uh, a womanizing character slept with everything that moved and you know but you could tell that he was just having a great time and uh the general idea of the show is that it's supposed to be the future and the main character whose name is ted he's talking to his kids and he's supposed to be telling them the story of how he met their mother but he's a he's a guy that kind of rambles so he's going into these other stories and telling about stuff that happened with his friends all the way through his 20s and 30s and um and then it's like in the last season of the show, which the show was on for nine years, I think. In the last season of the show, it's like the writer suddenly decided, oh, crap, we actually have to tell how he met their mother. <laughs> you know, so it's like the whole storyline of how he actually did meet their mother was kind of stitched together at the last minute. And it, and it, and it just didn't uh, it didn't sit right. And another thing that was weird about that show is that Bob Saget did the voice of Ted in the future. But Ted is in his 30s on the show, so he doesn't just like become Bob Saget <laughs> in the future, you know. And then when they actually did the finale, they just did away with Bob Saget, and all of a sudden the guy that's normally playing Ted is doing the voice, you know. So they kind of threw that that whole uh, thing away. Did either one of you guys watch How I Met Your Mother? Uh, no, I did. It was actually on my list as well. Okay. Well, go ahead and say what you wanted to say about it. Well, I, a lot of people hate the finale. Um, I don't hate the finale. Um, I, I, <clears throat> but I do think it fits the that took a turn theme because, like, like you said, I, I wouldn't say it was bad, and I, I really appreciate that they took a risk um, by by ending the show the way they did. But it wasn't especially satisfying, and like I, I was thinking about—I mean, probably for this uh, for this podcast. But I was thinking about that show today. I was like, you know, I would like anytime if I happen to be flipping through the channels and there's an episode on, I I, I let it play and yeah. I laugh at it because it's great. But I never seek out an episode, and I think that's you know, both the blessing and the curse of that show is that it is so, I mean, there are, there are threads that connect all the shows, but they're basically little standalone um, because they're all little individual anecdotes. So they're, you know, they have each one has a beginning a middle and an end to the story. 
Um, so it 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 works in that it's a bunch of little stories, all of which are almost all of which are entertaining. Uh, and like slaps giving is one of the best things ever. That was a running thing. Yes, <laughs> that was <laughs> that was a running thing in our household. Not the actual hitting, but just the the threat of it uh, for a good five years. Um, but yeah, like the ending. Uh, again, I I didn't hate it like a lot of people hate it. Um, but it did take a turn in an unexpected way, so that's why it was on my list. Yeah, and it wasn't necessarily the finale itself that didn't sit with me. It was that whole last season. It just felt like that storyline got crammed in there, and they had to have known that they were going to be wrapping up the show soon because it had been on forever. But, um, but it, like I said, you know, they just had to. Oh, he has to meet their mother sometime. <laughs> you know, well, so I think I'm sure it's they've they've talked about whether or not my theory is correct, but I figured they had probably three or four different endings, and they kind of went back and forth as to which one to do, and. Um, you know they did the one they did. <laughs> yeah, and they and they did they did film they hit, did have an idea of where they wanted to go from the beginning of the show because they had to film some the reaction kids. stuff with the kids. Right, and the kids are supposed to stay the same age in all these scenes. They filmed all these scenes with the kids for the entire show in season one because by the time season nine came around, they were grown. You know. So, uh, so they they had a general idea of where they could go using the footage that they filmed, but I don't. I think it's kind of like when Lucas said that he had all of Star Wars figured out before he ever made the first one. I don't believe that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, where do we want to go next, Rick? You want to go next? Sure. Uh, <clears throat> actually, last week's show gave me a bit of inspiration for this. Uh, because I was kind of racking my brain for some of these and cause I knew there was one that I was just, I wasn't able to find and, and you gave me the spark for this, uh, last time we talked, uh, the Sarah Connor Chronicles, mm. mm-hmm. because that show was amazing right out of the gate. And, uh, unfortunately, uh, if y'all remember watching it, um, episode nine ended up becoming their season finale, uh, their first season finale. Uh, and it, it really didn't seem to make a lot of sense it being the finale because it was it wasn't really a cliffhanger at all. Um, but it was it became the season finale because of the writer strike. This was the year of that that big writer strike that shut Hollywood down. Yeah. And so the show was out of production for three or four months or however long it lasted. Uh, and then when it came back, they just never that they lost so much momentum and the, the spark of the show was just gone. And by the time they got to the actual season finale where they've the, they've they've gone into a they found another time. I don't even remember how it happened, but it ended up John and and uh, and uh, Cameron were in one re- one time and uh, uh, Sarah was in another. Or something. They'd all gotten separated. And I just I didn't care. And it so bummed me out that I didn't care because the show was so amazing at the beginning. You know, they even had the the cojones to kill a main character and not in a long, drawn out, sappy, emotional way. It was just he turned a corner and took a bullet to the face. And you're like, holy crap, they just did that. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, you know, it was such a good show, and you had this what's going on with with the 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 reprogrammed Terminator played by Summer Glau and John Connor, and and it it just it had so much potential, and it just fizzled because of the damn writer's strike. It just yeah. died. Yeah, I think a, a lot of shows took a hit from that from that strike. Yeah. Okay, John. Once upon a time. The show, not the opening to a story. <laughs> um, when I kind of found out that it was going to happen, I was like, oh, this is going to suck. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is going to be dumb. Uh, but the pilot episode was great. The first season was really, really good. Um, it was this restructuring of classic fairy tales and Disney characters. And um, for those of you who have never seen it, basically the, the opening season, um, there is this town and everyone in this town is under a curse. And part of the curse is that they don't remember who they truly are. So they're, but they're all like characters from the Disney films and movies that you grew up knowing and loving. And there's a, one person who recognizes that they're all cursed and he goes on a quest to find the one, the, the hero, the savior who can break the curse. Um, it was really, really, really good. And part of what made it so good was it was really, it was fun trying to figure out who everybody was because uh, it was, it was from, um, one of the creators of Lost. So he was masterful at dropping little clues, you know, so like to, to little clues, like their names would maybe be a reference to something about this character or what their job was or, you know, what their hobbies are, what they wear. So it was fun to kind of like decode. Um, so not surprisingly, at some point the curse is broken. And, but it still, it stayed strong for a while, even after that, because the characters, um, were, were still intriguing, but it started to go downhill because none of them ever really, not one or two evolved. One or two of the characters actually evolved. Um, but what they would do in a lot of cases, they would let the characters evolve and then open magic, and now they're back to where they were, which was <laughs> frustrating. Yeah. And as I said, a big part of the charm was trying to figure out who everybody was. And once you knew who everybody was, that was gone. And it's not, they would still introduce new characters, but they came in, the characters came in as the characters that you knew. So it wasn't, it wasn't like, you know, um, Betty, who runs the ice cream truck, is really Elsa from Frozen. She'd just be Elsa from Frozen showing up at your door. Um, So it lost a lot of the appeal for me in those later seasons. It it, the and the most recent season they basically it's basically a reboot. Um, I think I I saw the first one or two episodes of this season, but the last season wrapped up a lot of the storylines, and you know it's basically like they closed that storybook and this is you know a new one. 
and I'm just not. And it's kind of a damned if you do, damned if you don't kind of thing because the new season starts with everybody under a curse, and I don't really remember who they are. And I know that I just <laughs> said that that's what I liked about the first one, but I also don't want to see it again. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, you could have just ended the series. I don't want to see a reboot where we go. And maybe you're I'm just, not you're just making it to be making it, yeah. Yeah. Uh, again, a lot of the cast members have left. They're like, nope, I think our story's done. It's, I think this is season, like, eight, which is a good run. And and they're and they're one of the few shows that will still do a twenty something episode season. Yes. You know they'll 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 basically have one story arc and do the the mid season finale and that'll be the end of that story. And in the spring they'll do another story arc. Um. So they they I think the, actually I think the season premiere was the hundredth episode or something like that or maybe even the two hundredth. Um. So I can't say it's terrible because I can't say I fairly watched it, but I can't say I'm no longer interested in watching it. <laughs> I tried to watch it uh, a few years ago. I, I, it was on Netflix and I started watching and it was interesting. I just, it's another one of those things that it, there's just so much of it. And yeah. uh, I tried to, uh, they did a spinoff a few years ago and I tried to watch the spinoff from the beginning but they canceled the spinoff after about four episodes. The spinoff was good. Wait, it had it had, Ala- it had Aladdin in it, and it was uh, I want to say it was Cin- was it Cinderella? Uh, um, I honestly don't remember. But it, but yeah. yes, this the the spinoff was was decent, and it was just one season because because the way they did it was like uh, once upon a something. So those so it, it was like once upon a time. Oh, it was um, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland. He, she was Alice. Right. That's right. right, and, right, and, right and Aladdin right. was there. And, yeah. and it lasted one season, and it did, you know, it pulled in characters from here and here and here and here and here, and it only barely related to the main storyline. And I thought that that would have been great if they did that, basically almost like as an anthology, um, you know, and, and did a whole bunch of little series like that. I was, I was down for that. I was on board for that. But um, they did not. Don't they have like the Wizard of Oz on there now and stuff like that? I don't know. Or it was that last season? I don't know. I remember that it wasn't necessarily when it started. The ones that I show, the ones that I watched, um, they didn't necessarily have to be the Disney versions of the stories. They were just like these classic fairy tale uh, characters, right? But then when they bring in Elsa and and Anna from Frozen, well, they're Disney characters. So this is now a Disney show. <laughs> well, it, it, it's they still brought in others because yeah. they had they had like Jekyll and Hyde. Um, that yeah, it wasn't just Disney characters. Um, and they, and they would make references to other things that Disney owns because they're Disney. But yeah, um, and then when they bring in stormtroopers, I'll start watching it again. <laughs> well, they mentioned the Sarlacc. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's that's probably as close as you're gonna get. Yeah. 
Hey, we're the Millennial Falcon Podcast, a pop culture podcast by three geeky millennials. We're hosted by Anya Crittenton, Hai Chen Bui, and Willoughby Dobbs. The three of us met in college, bonding over Game of Thrones and Disney. While we've moved past Game of Thrones, we now bond once a week in a podcast that covers everything from superheroes to musicals to summer reading to Pokemon Go. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at Falcon Podcast, and listen to us on iTunes and SoundCloud. Come for the hot takes. Stay for the snark and puns. And the friendship that lasts forever. Hey everybody, I'm Troy. And I'm AJ. And we're the hosts of the World War G podcast. And we know Sean and John do great things, but if you need just that little bit more nerd in your life, a little bit more geek in your week, then head on over to worldwarg.podbean.com where we talk about everything from movies and television, comic books and video games. Check us out at worldwarg.podbean.com. Back to you, Sean. Istanbul was Constantinople, now it's Istanbul, not Constantinople, been a long time gone. Oh, Constantinople still has Turkish delight on a moonlit night. Every gal in Constantinople is a Istanbul, not Constantinople. So if you've a date in Constantinople, she'll be waiting in Istanbul. Even old New York was once New Amsterdam. Why they changed it, I can't say. People just liked it better that way. So won't you take me back to My next one is uh, sliders. So when I was in when I was in high school, this was one of my favorite shows on TV. It started in like 93, 94. It was a mid-season replacement show. And it was about this kid that was in high school, played by Jerry O'Connell, who was playing a character much younger than he was in real life. And uh, he builds this machine that can let a person slide to an alternate reality. It like creates a portal that you go through. So he goes through this thing with the stereotypical best friend who's a girl, um, and she kind of likes him, but he doesn't really realize it, that kind of thing. And then the professor, you know, which is kind of the, the Doc Brown kind of thing. You're hanging out with your professor. And they go through this thing, and uh, they have a timer that's supposed to bring them back. And uh, when they get over there, they, they they land on a alternate reality where we're, the Earth is in an ice age or something. So they decide they need to go back before the timer is up. And when they do, it screws up and it takes them to another reality instead of bringing them back home. So that sets up the show. And they accidentally pull another guy in with them. And, uh, and it's kind of like Quantum Leap, but instead of going from life to life, they're going from Earth to Earth, you know, and they're fixing things that, that are wrong with that planet and, and, and things like that. And it was a great show on Fox, which you know what happens to shows to good shows on Fox. Um, it lasted maybe three seasons on Fox, and and then the the network decided that they wanted to take more creative control over the show. It's the you know we have some notes syndrome that's ruined a lot of a lot of shows. They wanted more action. They wanted to tie into whatever movie was really big at that time. So they went to. A, I think at the time, uh, Twister was in theaters, so they went to a world that was full of tornadoes. Uh, they went to a world that where dinosaurs were running around, and the dinosaurs ended up being robots and that kind of stuff. And and then Fox canceled Spoiler. the show. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for a twenty-something-year-old show, uh, Fox canceled the show, and then it got picked up by the Sci-Fi Channel. 
And when it went to sci-fi, then they introduced this alien species, and we found out that uh, the character that um, Jerry O'Connell was playing was not originally from the Earth that he came from. And uh, and the whole show just started falling apart, and they never really wrapped it up. Uh, they started to... Characters, uh, actors started leaving the show, and when you've only got four main characters, and and two of them decide to leave, and you have to replace them, you know, then they start replacing them with characters that were from other Earths and stuff, and the the whole thing just just fell apart. They ended season five in a cliffhanger, and it never came back. So if you go and watch the show, I think it's on Netflix or Hulu. It's on one of those. If you go and watch the show, and you get to the episode where Quinn becomes a zombie. That's the point that you want to stop. <laughs> so, all right, um, Rick, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. I, okay, I, I I only ever watched one episode of Sliders, and I thought the acting was so abysmal, I never went back. Uh, well, I was I, I I was in high school, so <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I well, just I was fresh on whatever her name was. I was just appalled because it was John Reese Davies and yeah. I, you know, and he was doing, I don't know what the hell he was doing, but it was like, dude, you're, you're a, a it was classically acting. trained actor. Yeah. yeah. He was, was like, cashing his paycheck is what he was doing. Yeah. That's yeah. what he was doing. <laughs> well, see, and he didn't, he's one of the ones that didn't make it. I don't even think that he was on the show when they went to sci-fi. I think that he, they killed his character before they left Fox. I think that's correct. Yeah. And then and then they replaced him, and then it was like uh, Jerry O'Connell's brother came on the show, like his real life brother, and yeah. was supposed to, supposed to be his brother from another Earth or something like that. And Jerry O'Connell's brother looks a lot like him, but if you think Jerry O'Connell is a bad actor, his brother gets the, <laughs> gets the Oscar for bad actors. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, I, but like I said, it's just, it, it had a really interesting concept. Uh, you know, I was I was really into sci fi at the time, and there wasn't. Uh, any shows that really dealt with alternate reality the way that one did. And, uh, and so I, I really got into it in those first few seasons, but after, after it left Fox and went to sci-fi, it just turned into a completely different thing. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I'm also not a fan of shows that kind of set up. There's a simple thing that we want. Like usually it's, we're trying to get home, you know, be it, Sliders or, or, or Voyager or Gilligan's uh, Island. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or, or quantum leap. Like if you're, or like your thing is you're trying to get home or, or Dungeons and Dragons animated series, the cartoon. And so every episode there's this thing that will get you home, but Oh, nope. Can't do it. Almost made it. Oh, not quite. Nope. Nope. Sorry. Try again. Yeah. I hate that. I hate that. And, and that was kind of the plot. You know, it's one thing if you are choosing to go out on these adventures, um, like Johnny Quest or whatever. And, you know, hey, let's go to this world. Like Doctor Who. There you go, Doctor Who. Perfect example. He's not trying to go home. He wants to see what's out there. Star Trek, they want to see what's out there, the Enterprise. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, if every episode is like, you know, Lucy... Lucy and is snatching away the Charlie Brown's football. Like I, <laughs> that's not my thing, man. I don't need to see that. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my biggest problem with Voyager was the the whole, uh, you know, every time they'd find a way to to get home, you knew that it wasn't going to work. Right. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. Try again next week. 
Yeah, and they did they did one thing on sliders that at the end of the second season, I believe, the whole thing was that he knew that he wasn't home if he went and opened his gate and it didn't squeak. Yeah, you know. So the so the gate if the if he opened the gate and it squeaked, then there was a chance that they might be home. Well, they got they they land like in his front yard. And they look at the timer. Oh, we've only got two minutes until the next window, so we got to find out real quick. He goes over to the gate and opens it, and it doesn't squeak. Oh, we're not home. And then uh, one of the characters picks up a newspaper that's laying on the street and says, O.J. Simpson's on trial for double murder. What? And then um, so they go back through the portal, and they leave. And then as soon as that happens, his mom comes out with the handyman, and the handyman says, I fixed the gate for you. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So there's a lot of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Okay, Rick, what's your next one? Uh, my next one is actually still on the air, but I, I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and sadly, that's the Big Bang Theory. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I was dragged kicking and screaming into that show. I saw the, the first episode I ever saw of it was I was visiting my brother, and he was like, oh, you got to watch this show. And it was the one where they get Penny hooked on, on uh, like the World of Warcraft analog in the show. Yeah. Um, and I watched that and I was like, oh, God, this is terrible. You got the stereotypical dumb blonde bimbo next door, you know, and the guys are just assholes, et cetera. And I just didn't like it. And I was like, all right, cool. I've seen the Big Bang Theory and it's terrible and I don't see what the big fuss is about it. And I ignored it for like two years. And then uh, my friend Dave, we went over to his house for the 4th of July one year. And uh, at one point he just walks up to me and he hands me the box set of the first season and says, go watch this. And when you're done with it, tell me you don't like the show. It's like, all right, all right, all right. And <laughs> I ripped through that box set in like a week. And I was hooked. And I just, I didn't miss an episode after that. And I loved it. Yes, it's it's a sitcom. So there are certain tropes that happen. I'm not a big fan of sitcoms in general. So maybe I was a little more susceptible to some of the jokes because I hadn't seen them a million times. But there were times when I was, you know, I was like, all right, it's this kind of show. I'll accept that. You know, oh, they're locked in a closet, ooh, you know, or some, <laughs> you know, some wacky stuff was happening. But just overall, I, I really enjoyed seeing my people, <laughs> for lack of a better term. Uh, you know, they were a little exaggerated, but they were still, you know, I know Leonard. I know Raj. I right. know I, I know, well, I practically live with Sheldon, if, um, <laughs> you know, but then as the show went on, it started to morph and it, and it, you know, we've seen it before. Uh, I think somebody called it the Urkel syndrome, uh, not too long ago where, you know, Leonard was the, was the star of the show at the beginning, but as Sheldon became more popular, they started writing more and more for him and his character became more and more exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by like the, the, not even the middle of the seventh season, uh, when Sheldon decided to go walk about and ends up in a train station in his underwear, that's, that's about where I checked out and it wasn't a conscious decision to do it. I just stopped watching and I just, it was like, oh, is it big? Uh, you know, or, or I wouldn't notice, oh, it was. Oh, yesterday was Thursday. I forgot to watch the Big Bang Theory. I'll catch it next week, or I'll I'll look it up online. And I just never did, and I haven't gone back. Yeah, I still watch it. Um, well, you suck. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It. I mean, it, it's it's a good show, 
I mean, it's it's better than a lot of stuff, a lot of sitcoms that that are on now. But um, it's not like you said; it's not as good as it was when it first started. The the, the, the characters they've tried to they've tried to evolve them, and it's not necessarily taking because I I, I don't buy Howard is married with a with two kids. Oh really? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Well, he's got one kid, and he's got another one on the way now. And, hmm. uh, and, sh- and, you know, basically they've turned Leonard and, and, uh, uh, Penny into observers. You know, the, the show is rarely about them anymore, but they're mm-hmm. there, you know, and they just make jokes about what's going on around them because everything seems to be happening in their apartment. <laughs> <You know? Yeah. laughs> but, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, why haven't they gotten a table yet? I mean, come on. <laughs> Sheldon's gone. The whole reason they had a storyline where they bought a they bought a table, Sheldon didn't like it, so they got rid of it. Well, Sheldon has moved across the hall now. So they can get a table. Why are they still sitting around the coffee table eating? They're grown people. Come on. <laughs> okay. Uh John, what was your next one? Well, just do quickly, I, I I'm with you on I I never really got into the Big Bang Theory. I I I'd heard about it. I probably started watching it season. What what season are they on now? I think nine or ten. I think they're on ten. I probably started watching like the beginning of season eight, and I probably watched season eight. And uh, now, if I watch an episode, it's only because I'm paying for CBS All Access, and I've already watched all Discovery. Yeah. <laughs> um. So my next one. Is um I've I've mentioned on this show bef- before, uh, but I will not rest until everyone watches this person of interest. Um, I've I've seen it. I just haven't seen a lot of it. And you're not following through, man. <laughs> what did I just say? <laughs> I will not rest. Uh, yeah. All right. So, person of interest. Um. Again, like I said, I've, I've talked about it on the show before, but the basic premise is there is a super um, computer. There is a, a, an artificial intelligence. No offense, Star Trek, I don't know if you're listening. Um, but it monitors all people, basically, like, you know, all surveillance, all cell phones, all email communications, all security cameras. And it uses that information, it compiles the data, and it can predict when bad things are going to happen. And um, it is in the employ of the U.S. government, and uh, so it 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 gives the information. It's basically it's like um, a terrorist attack is going to happen at this place at this time. Go stop it. Um, but because it compiles information from all over the world, it it picks up a lot of um, quote unquote minor crimes that the U.S. government isn't going to stop. U.S. government isn't going to stop a mugging or, you know, uh, necessarily a house fire or, you know, little stuff like that. So the creator of this program um, took it upon himself to hire a special forces guy to help him stop these smaller crimes. Um, So that's the general plot. And so... The first several episodes are basically, and and the computer doesn't give, it doesn't say what the scenario is. It doesn't say that's the bad guy. It's it it gives a a uh, social security number, and it's the person is designated as a person of interest. So you don't know if this 
if this character, if the person is uh, the victim or the perpetrator or just like a bystander or a witness or whatever, but they know they have to follow this person and then figure out what's going on and, you know, stop the bad thing from happening. So the first several episodes, um, it's, it, you know, it's almost like a cop show. You know, they've got this person and they have to surveil them and then they, you know, it's, it's, it's cop stuff, which is fine. It's okay. But it, by the, I'd say, end of the second season, and, and, it's, and I, I will say, I said it's fine. It's a well-done cop show. But it's still, it's a pretty, it's a regular cop show. Um, by the end of the first season, they follow the thread of the artificial intelligence and what would really happen. So these various factions try to take control of it. And it becomes, it's already kind of self-aware, but it becomes more active in its role, shall we say. Um, And Mm -hmm. it it really goes full tilt into the, and it goes full tilt into the sci-fi aspect of it, but it never lets up on the, uh, the, the crime aspect of it or the action aspect of it or the really, really impressive um, relationship between these characters. And it starts off with just these two, but it, obviously the group grows as, as time goes on. And that, you know, I think it was um, maybe Atomic Trivia War. One of the other podcasts uh, was like, what, what are your favorite sci-fi series? That is one of the best sci-fi series in the past 20 years. And I think all of it is on Netflix. It's, I think it's like four, I think it's five seasons. So as, as binges go, it's not super long and it is totally worth the ride. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I've, I've seen a couple episodes and, uh, it's one of the, it's one of those shows. It's one of those shows that gets on your list and like, yeah, I'm going to go back and watch that. And, and now we live in a time when we can, because it, if stuff winds up on Netflix and Hulu and stuff, it doesn't just disappear forever. Uh, so I'll, I'll catch up on it eventually. So. Yeah, Rick, you're, you're flipping around. You don't want to watch The Punisher. Just uh, <laughs> <laughs> go a little further up on the P's, person of interest. Okay. Um, okay, I think if 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 we do if we go quickly, I think we can do one more. So um, I'm going to do uh, Heroes, and Heroes kind of <laughs> kind of fell into the same thing that Rick was talking about with Terminator because I think it was on at the same time. It was the same writer strike that that kind of yeah. killed it. Um, yeah. So when Heroes first started, I thought it was fantastic, especially since we were in a time when there wasn't really a lot of stuff on TV like that. We didn't have comic book shows on every single night like we do now. Uh, This was 2006, so it wasn't really like that. We got introduced to a lot of really good characters, and they were playing with some superhero tropes in a way that made them kind of new again. And I really enjoyed it. Zachary Quinto uh, was Siler. Uh, one of the best villains that I've ever seen. And then the writer's strike happened in 2007, uh, which made the second season only 11 episodes. And after they came back from that, it just wasn't the same. The stories were, were bad and they refused to kill their villain and create new ones. They just had to keep finding ways to make Siler scary, but they were also trying to develop him as a character at the same time. And uh, they hung on for four seasons 
I think I stopped watching sometime during season three. Yeah. Um, they actually brought it back about a year or so ago for a miniseries. And the miniseries is actually pretty good. They introduced a lot of new characters. They brought back some of the old ones, but not all of the old ones. And uh, and I enjoyed it. It was just 10 episodes. So if they could come back and do 10 episodes every couple of years and not bring it back as a, as a show for 22 episodes every year, I think uh, you get a lot more bang for your buck. Uh, did did you guys watch that show at all? Oh yeah, the first season was great. The first season yeah. was amazing, and yeah, save it, the cheerleader, it, save the world. <laughs> yeah, it it took um, big donkey steps down every season. <laughs> I didn't watch it. Oh, sorry. No, no, no go ahead. Uh, I didn't watch it per se, but my wife did. And, uh, you know, in the house we were living in at the time, my computer was in the same room as the TV. So when she'd be watching it, I'd be doing stuff on the computer and just sort of catching it by osmosis. Um, you know, it wasn't really a, a favorite of mine. Well, you were that season one. Yeah. Uh, but it wasn't, you know, I didn't hate it either. Uh, like, you know, she also watched uh, Once Upon a Time and I, I just I didn't care about that one way or the other. Um, but, you know. Quinto was amazing as Siler. Uh, George Takei was in there, which always got my attention. I forgot he was. Yeah, I forgot I he was in too. there. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, and, and even she, you know, my wife has a real high tolerance for crap TV and movies, much higher than mine. <laughs> uh, so when she finally checks out of a show, it's it's garbage. And even she was like, eh, I'm like, honey, you know. Uh, Heroes is on time. Eh, I don't care. <laughs> like, oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it went. It went. It was not like a slow decline. It went down fast. Yeah. And I thought it was because T- Tim Kring was the creator, and I thought that it went down because he left. But when I went back doing research for this podcast and looked at the episodes that came after the strike, he was still there. He was still writing for the show and everything. <laughs> so it what it what that wasn't why he did leave the show, but it wasn't until later. It was already a piece of crap before he left. <laughs> but but like I said, <laughs> if you if you can go back and watch the miniseries that they did last year, even if you didn't watch the series, um the miniseries kind of stands alone and it was it was pretty pretty good. I liked it. Okay. Uh Rick, what was what's your last one? Okay, I'm going to go out on a high note and, and talk about a show that uh, started off kind of shakily, but then became really good. And unfortunately, it was on Fox, so it uh, it didn't get its fair share or its fair shake, really. But uh, Space Above and Beyond. Did either of y'all yeah. watch that show? Yeah, yeah I think so. Um, I want to say it was like 98, 99, something like that. Um, yep. And... It it started off as kind of your basic kind of Starship Troopers-esque space opera where Earth is being attacked by this insectoid race they called the Chigs. And uh, it, the, the, the main characters of the storyline were uh, a bunch of space marines of the, the wild card squadron. And uh, the first episode was kind of like, eh? What the hell was that? And what happened was... Uh, you know, and this was kind of pre-internet. This is before before the internet was ubiquitous, anyway. Uh, so I kind of found out about this afterwards. Is the creators of the show when they finally got they got the funding to make the show 
there was a whole bunch of studio meddling in the in the first episode in the pilot. And after it was done, they said, look, either we do the show our way or we don't do the show. And so the studio, I, uh, you know, Fox went, all right, all right, fine. So the second episode was amazing. And then the show just was fantastic from, from then on out. Um, the problem was, because this was, this was back in the, in the days of, of, you know, one TV pretty much in the house or, uh, well, maybe not that bad, but it was still, you know, we had, you couldn't look, look things up online and you couldn't go watch it in any other fashion. And it was, it was, uh, the, the basketball, the college basketball stuff was going on and it was constantly getting preempted by that. Yeah. And they never got a chance to get a, 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 an audience. And I, you know, you gotta, you gotta wonder if Fox was like, you know, this show is expensive. We don't want to deal with it. Let's put them in the time slot where they're constantly going to be getting hit, uh, you know, uh, with the sports getting in the way. And then at the end of the season, we just go, look, your ratings suck. We're getting rid of you. And that's exactly what happened. Uh, which was such a shame because it was such a good show. It had so much potential. Um, but if you can find it, I know it's out there on DVD. I'm not sure if it's anywhere online, uh, but Space Above and Beyond is a fabulous show. That happened to Enterprise a lot, too. It start, it got uh, preempted by basketball a lot, mm-hmm. and which for me personally was good because at the time my kids were so small that at 7 o'clock at night I was busy. You know, I was bathing kids <laughs> and feeding them and all that kind of stuff. And then when, so when, when, when it would get preempted and it wouldn't come on until nine thirty or 10 o'clock, you know, I could actually <laughs> sit down and watch it. It was before DVR and stuff, but yeah, I can see where it, it doesn't, it doesn't work for everybody that way. Cause if you, uh, if you go to tune in for a show and there's basketball on, you're not necessarily going to come back later and, and watch it. You know, you've already started doing something else. Yeah. Or they would do that, that. Oh, I hate it so much when they would do that. We, we now join the regularly scheduled show already in progress. And they come in in the middle of it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. And they did that more than once, too. And it was just infuriating. Yeah, they did that. one. I don't remember what show I was watching. They did that once. And it was probably because the president was speaking or something like that. But they go into a show that I wanted to watch. And it said already in progress. And literally... You caught the last line of the show and then yeah. into the credits. <laughs> <laughs> okay, John, go ahead with your last one. Uh, you know, I'll make it quick because uh, I mentioned this before. We did an episode of shows that ended badly or shows that didn't end the way they were supposed to. And um, at the time, I said Dexter. And once again, I'll say Dexter. <laughs> um, much like Heroes started off a great, like, uh, very unique take um, Dexter is the story of a serial killer, but he is, uh, sorry. Hello, John. <laughs> I said serial killer, you freak. <laughs> That's scary. I said serial killer, and my phone's like, hello. <laughs> yes, I'm Don't here. Who it are we going like, to kill this week, John? <laughs> it sounds like you want me to kill someone, John. <laughs> are you trying to commit a homicide? Um, yeah, so Dexter. Um, he is a bad person who kills people. All right, there we go. Um, he works for the police department, so he knows how to hide all the evidence. Uh, but he only kills bad people. 
but you know, by his definition, he is a serial killer, so he can't help his compunction, uh, but he can kind of guide it toward the greater moral good. Um, I didn't expect to like the show because I'm not really into killer shows, but uh, it was it was it was the right mix of dark humor and um, great acting and good writing. Um, but it got harder and harder to kind of maintain. And how is he not caught? Like season after season. Yeah. And and you know by the time it ended, like the last I'm gonna say three seasons really just didn't need to be there and the last one was awful and the season finale was the awfulest it was <laughs> the most bad <laughs> and then, there was a word for that <laughs> yeah it's, and it's, it's it's like they had and and it was one of those shows where uh, you know, there was always this glimmer of kind of, okay, I see where you're going with it. Maybe they'll pull it out, but no, it just kept going worse. And it's almost like they, you know, it was, they were in the spiral where they couldn't make, <laughs> they couldn't pull out, they couldn't pull up. And eventually it, 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 um, it collided with the pavement in that season finale, in that series finale. I didn't get that far into it because it was on, uh, it was on Showtime and I didn't have Showtime, but, I checked out the first season from the library and right. watched it and I liked it and I went and read one of the books cuz it's based on a novel series. Yeah, dreaming. But the novel Dexter. the novel yeah, yeah, desperately dreaming Dexter or something like that. Uh the books are not good though. <laughs> I mean it's <laughs> it's like they were written to be TV shows. It's almost like if you uh if you read a novelization of a CSI Miami episode or something like that, you know, <laughs> that would be really bad reading, but, but it's, uh, it's kind of like that. Uh, so I, I haven't got, I've never gone back and watched past that first season, but it's on Netflix. I think I've been, I've been meaning to, to catch up on it. Cause I did like that first season. I think even maybe the first three seasons are okay. I think it went into like, I think it got to like season six or seven, but the first season is, yeah, it, it was again. You know, it's like the Superman films. Like it, it's, it's, yeah. it's a high note, and then there's a slow descent. Yeah, and then the acceleration picks up, and the descent is no longer slow. All right, uh, Sean, you got one more. Uh, I got an honorable mention. Uh, just is Smallville for obvious reasons. I mean, it was it was a good show when it started because it, it was kind of they were doing such different things with Superman that I had not seen before. It was almost, I was in my early twenties and it was almost like they were doing this X files meets Dawson's Creek kind of thing, you know? And, right. uh, but as the show went on, they tried to introduce, it's like they tried to introduce every person from DC comics into the show that they could. And, but they changed, uh, they changed so much stuff to make them fit into almost uh, a real world scenario. And when they got to the point where they brought in doomsday, but they made him a regular yeah. guy that's kind of like a dude. werewolf that turns into Doomsday Dude's and stuff. Day. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 yeah, I didn't like that. And the news uh, recently, the the girl that played uh, Chloe is like in a cult or something. <laughs> I just saw that on Google a couple weeks ago. I think I shared it on the Slack for the movie news show. Uh, Rick, it was. Uh, yeah, we talked what, about it. Yeah, a they talked bit. about it. I can't. I can't remember her name <laughs> now, but uh, yeah, she's in. She's like really high up in a cult or something. It's weird. It, but, it's a well, we don't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it's all consensual, so it's 
whatever they want to do. It's a, it's yeah. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's not really as a long cult as so much as a, it's a, um, uh, I don't want to go into it. <laughs> Look it up well, if you're interested. Yeah. As long as they're not hurting anybody, but you know. Well, not, not without permission. It's yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it good, clean fun. Okay. Do you guys have any honorable mentions you want to throw in before we close the show out? X-Files. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I tried, you know, I was a, an X-Files devotee, uh, you know, for most of its, you know, even, uh, you know, I, the, the first season of X-Files, Friday nights were great because it was Briscoe County Jr. and then X-Files. Um, but uh, then after, you know, after, what was it, season seven when Duchovny left, uh, I tried to watch it, you know, and Agent Doggett just just didn't, I couldn't. And uh, Yeah. Same, but I think was it was it Rich who was saying that like the latter seasons are were really good. I've heard that. Uh, it's just so hard to go They're back. Not. They're not. <laughs> it's that because you 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 had the sense of the whole series that they were leading to something, and they weren't. They no. <laughs> they, they had no idea where they were going. And then in the last uh, season, they tried to throw an ending together, and it just, it didn't work. Plus, you know, David Duchovny left, and they have they had to bring him back for the last couple of episodes just so they can they could put together some sort of finale. Uh, the 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 season that came on last year was better than the oh. last season of the actual show. Oh, and it was know? awful. And it's coming back. They're they're coming <laughs> back in the spring. So <laughs> I didn't watch all of the I didn't watch all of the comeback season, but I I, I think this next season is going to be it because Gillian Anderson says she's not doing it anymore after this. So. Unless they come back with Robert Patrick and the <laughs> what's her name <laughs> and, and, and try to do another season that way, I don't see it happening though. John, did you have any honorable mentions? Nope. Nope. Okay. All right. Well, um, that's going to pretty much do it for this episode. Uh, make sure you guys subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, or Podcast Addict. Uh, make sure. That, that way you'll be notified whenever we put up a new episode. And while you're doing that, you should leave us a five-star rating and a review so that we can help new people find the show. And if you want to get in touch with us, we've got a few ways for you to do that. You can send us an email at mail at cosmicpotato.com, or you can find us on Facebook or Twitter, and there are links to all of that on the website at cosmicpotato.com. You can send us a text message or a voicemail. Our number is area code 205-642-8380. That's area code 205-642-8380. And remember, our big Christmas episode is coming up. Actually, I don't know if this episode will come out before that or not. If it, if it's not coming up, then it's already happened. Either way, <laughs> you'll, you'll find that on our website. And we uh, we did a, uh, we are doing our, or did a commentary of Gremlins. That, uh, was, going, that was so much going to be fun. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so be on the lookout for that. will be the best episode of the holiday season. Right. <laughs> So, uh, Rick, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. And John, as always. Yeah, man. And that'll do it. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Be sure to join us next week on Cosmic Potato, the Super Fan Talk podcast, when you might hear John say, You know, if you're upset with someone and you're like, that son of a mother, it sounds bad, but it's probably accurate. (laughs) (laughs) True. (laughs) Ha, 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 ha.